everybody. Uh, guess what? We're back for uh, episode 104. Um, the, ep- the name of this episode is, what's the title, Vince? Hero. <laughs> Hero. 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 My name is Kelly Dixon. Good thing um, you're here. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Vince Gilligan. Hello. Co-creator, Peter Gould. Hey. Uh, writer of this episode, Jenny Hutchison. Hello. My sometimes co-editor and regular assistant and the guy who's running the board, Chris McCaleb. What's going on, Kelly? I'm good. And special guest, Ray Seahorn, who plays Kim. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Thanks good, for coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. Um, It's Saturday morning. It's very early. It's Valentine's um, Day. Valentine's it is Valentine's Day. Day. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> what episode airs tomorrow? Tomorrow, no, because I was looking at Peter, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, episode three airs on Monday, so that's kind of how far behind we sort of are, or it's how far sort of ahead we are. Yeah, we're mm. just one more week and we're fucked. <laughs> wow, we're sort of really, uh, yeah. But anyway, so Ray, um, you're sort of the virgin here as far as podcasting goes for Definitely. us. Um, um, th- uh, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. You are uh, brand new to our sort of little family here. Yes. Um, you are a brand new character for Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Tell us about getting that role. Tell us about you know what that was like for you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's not Putting you right on the freaking spot here. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was it was a great process. Um, I, I already told you guys that uh, it was one of the few auditions where um, there was extensive direction where you got to do it over and over and played a lot of different ways and really investigate the scene and the character which is that's uh, not usual no it's not no it's not I mean you're there to show them that you can act but you're also um, supposed to sort of guess at how they want to play the character and what the intention in the scene will be even though so like what was that like? so you leave and you just was that like Vincent Peter and who else was yes there? but from the beginning Sharon Bialy and um, oh, casting Russell directors. and Sherry Thomas and all of them yeah they were very good at directing you a lot of different ways so it was so much Fun. So by the time we got through the whole thing, and then I tested with Vincent Peter and um, all of our awesome producers and Bob read with Bob, then um, uh, then I was directed a- again. But you at least got to leave thinking like, well, I showed them, you know, how I want to help tell the story and how I want to help row this ship. And if they don't want that, then at least I did everything I could do. So. Well, the funny thing on this one, and I don't know if it's baffling to the writers in the room, we don't really know what the relationship is with Kim and Jimmy. But I love that. <laughs> I love that. I told right. I told you at TCA that so you said are a lot of people asking you, like, did they or didn't they? Are they or aren't they? And I said, it isn't that strange to me that, first of all, I'm glad that in the hands of Peter and Vince that... Um, being a love interest or any kind of romantic relationship is not black and white. That it, it that it's all the grays in between. And then I was asking this one reporter that had asked me about it. I said, your your most interesting relationships that involve love over a long period of time. Could you really tell me in like two words, like, well, we were having sex, and like that would be it. <laughs> like, I mean, it would be it would be much more complex than that. And so. Um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. It's, it's really, it's a very interesting relationship. I can tell, wait, I will tell you though, I want to, I'm going to interrupt and tell you one ridiculous story because it was recently printed and it's, and uh, I feel like I have to clarify that um, when I got the part, uh, it was my birthday actually, and I was oh, going yeah? out to dinner. Yes, on May 12th, and um, oh, yeah. and my agent called me, and I was walking around, and uh, and she told me that I got the part, but she immediately said, and she's yelling and she's crying, and then I started crying and screaming in um, in Venice, and uh, 
Well, I was just, by then I was just so in love. Venice, Italy? You were deeply upset. You were in Venice, Italy? No. Oh, you were in Venice, oh, okay. You were down by the beach, okay. But um, I was just so, inv- I just loved, I just loved this character. And then the more I got to play with you guys in the room, and I was just like, wow, they, they, they want to like really make this, this incredibly three-dimensional person with all these different layers, and the relationship has these layers. And, um, and of course, I love Bob, so I was over the moon when I got it. And so excited and shaking and crying and my boyfriend's standing there, my fiance, and he can hear my agent because I love her, but she's a New York agent and she's extremely loud. So the whole like sidewalk could hear. And but she immediately says, Listen, 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 really fast. They told me that you have to agree to a couple things right now, um, before you even get off the phone. And I was like, okay, you know, I had already signed our contracts and all of that stuff. And I was like, Well, what is it? And um, she said, You can't tell anyone that you got the part because they're waiting to release exactly which cast members they're going to say and as they dole out that information um amc and and uh vincent peter and then it goes to deadline hollywood and all the other news media venues and um i was like okay yeah no i i won't tell you i was like well i mean grandma so fiance can hear you i was like there's a couple of people that can hear you and she's like that's okay but you know don't tweet it don't tell anybody don't tell anyone else i was like okay i won't i won't and she said and also um they're going to uh they're going to use a different name in the announcement and you need to agree to that if anyone asks, say yes, that's, that's the name. Now the backstory on that is every time I had an audition for this, they changed the character. You had different character names. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, and you sly guys. But she, <laughs> I, security. she didn't yeah. say that. She said they're going to use a different name mm-hmm. and you just need to agree that that's your name when it comes mm-hmm. out in the press and then you know, we'll change it back later. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, whatever they decide to do. But for a while, you have to just agree that, um, that that's your name. I was thinking she meant my name, Ray. <laughs> I was so excited that I just agreed. And my boyfriend didn't hear it. I was like, you have to change your name. I was like, shut up. It's fine. You <laughs> <laughs> <We> do this. <laughs> Very confidential. And you have to understand. There's like leaks and stuff. And he's like, I don't understand. And then my agent's like, it's going to be Beth. And I was like, it's Beth. Just start calling me back. He's like, you're not making me say it. I was like, we have to tell everyone. I was like, yes. Just for a few days. I was literally just like, this will be fine. My friends will look at me weird. I'll go like, no, it never was right. You just, I don't know where you put that. It's always bad. And then like next Wednesday, I'll go back. That's hilarious. Now it's going to be, it's going to be Beth all the time. Beth, I'm sorry. That's totally fine. You don't understand. When, when it's did show you, business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. This is when, important. Get it. When did when did you realize that 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 wasn't? I mean, how long did that go on? It was actually the day, the ago. next day. She started talking about the character thing, but it was for like a full forty eight hours almost. And I was like, wait a second. Oh, oh, not me at all. Like I, mine was. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so, that's and funny. I, and then I felt and I, I felt like shallow and stupid that for a second I was like, wow, I kind of sort of wish I would get the credit for getting the part when it is. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's shallow of me. It's all about the story. It's fine, Ray. Fuck it up. Be back. <laughs> I really think that's more indicative of the business in general. Uh, uh, like, yeah, right. whatever it takes, man. Whatever, whatever yes. it takes for the job. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to be a man. That's fine. <laughs> now, I'm just now, happy to be working. Exactly. <laughs> now, 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 here's a th- I haven't thought of this in a while. Did did you not... Ray, Ray actually uh, uh, played a different role at the big... Remember we had that scene where... The very first scene you put on tape for us, or they put... Or, or, <clears throat> Uh, Bailey and Thomas uh, 
put on tape yeah. uh, with you was you were playing a cop. Both of the first two That's were different. Yeah. Because they told me I couldn't even say those sides at the time. I had yeah. to sign non-disclosure agreements. Oh, no, you could, you could. Yeah, you could talk about that. Yeah. But um, there was three auditions total, the last one being the screen test with you guys. But the first two yeah. were different yeah. than the actual script or the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. The That's second could possibly be the The second was pretty close, hometown actually. kind of girl. But, um, yeah. The first one, yeah, was a cop, and uh, you guys, do you remember the scene? It was yeah. like yeah. very yeah. dire circumstances. You and your, you and your sister. I'm right. a cop. Yes. My sister is younger, and yes. I think I'm putting her through college to kind of get her life straightened yeah. out. I'm on a beat that like ends at like three o'clock in the morning, and it says she's very tired, and um, you know, she's uh, a no BS kind of woman, but very good at her job, and she's finally off work when they call her and say you've got to do this last call on your way home there's been um a call for disturbance in an alley right, or something right, right. and i go by and i'm very and it repeatedly says i'm you know very tired very stressed out in this dark alley it's a prostitute clearly a prostitute and she's sort of stumbling down the alley um out Was of her it name Shantara by chance something like that <laughs> and so really? i and it says i pull a gun oh i tell her to stop you know turn around um and i pull a gun on her yeah. She turns around and, like, I guess through the moonlight or something, I realize it's my sister. Right. That I thought is in college, like, I guess has stayed over or something. So dramatic. So I'm clearly seeing that, like, she A, she's a prostitute. B, right. she's high as a kite on something. And um, I don't know where my, well, I can see where my money's been going. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then she, like, doesn't want to own it and all of this. And it just escalates and escalates. And she, I won't even put my gun down. She says, put your gun down. Do you remember this? Yes. <laughs> so I... Damn played the scene and they said this isn't the actual scene but I thought well you could spend you could spend all of your energy trying to guess what they eventually do want or, or play this or yeah. play this scene that's all you can do yeah. so I played those those stakes which are very very high and yeah. I remember Sharon saying apparently you guys had already seen some tapes of people reading the scenes or something and decided that those stakes didn't exactly fit what we, you were looking for yeah we, Is we, that what we it was? needed to get more of the relationship -y feel between <laughs> Kim and Jimmy what would ultimately become Kim and Jimmy because I think oh, that original okay. scene the idea was you know Kim is very matter-of-fact and good at her job and we wanted that kind of like you know, strong sort of thing to come through and also right. have a personal relationship within it. Um, but then a family is very, very different than like well, a love interest. So it's prostitute so while holding a gun on Exactly. <laughs> so as we're watching the auditions, we're yeah. like, wow, these are all really great cops, but can they? We, yeah, so that's why we had we, to revise we, we, that. I think we, we've greeked up this scene a little too yeah, much. I know. It sounds like a good then, show. Maybe we should do Sharon, the show. And yes. Sharon knew that you guys felt that way, so she was directing us to do it um, with entirely different stakes. Like... Just and to just like yeah. project them onto the scene, which was pretty funny. She, yeah. Said, yeah. she goes, I know she just turned around and she's, you know, she's a prostitute and she's falling <laughs> down on drugs and she tells you put the gun and you yell at her, no way, and you hold the gun and she's like, but yeah. do it more like, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Say like happy uh, birthday in fifty ways to mean different. Things. Oh my <laughs> god, it was awesome! It was so awesome. Yeah, you know, I was like, I'm not putting the gun down, sis. Stop it. <laughs> this is this is a great example of uh, security measures Gone interfering interfering with the process. <laughs> yes. and, you know, it, 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 that's yeah, oh yeah. wow. It was fun though. I mean, it really yeah. was fun. And after a while, it was like you. I mean, you couldn't even. For you know, hang on to nervousness. You had to just like, well, all right, I guess we're just gonna swim as fast as we can, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. just it was great. 
I actually had a good time. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting because we we had you know we had these greeked up scenes and, and these different character names, and immediately as soon as they went out for auditions, immediately went up online. Yeah. So it, it yeah. just oh gives, did they? It oh, makes yeah. us, oh yeah, it, the, it just the made us a little, did, yeah. you know. So there's still people who are oh, calling wow. uh, yeah. Michael McKean's character Doctor Thurber. Yeah, uh, so. I was actually it was funny. I was actually at um, dinner. I was I was waiting in line at a restaurant for dinner with some friends. And they introduced me to a friend of theirs mm -hmm. who then said that they had auditioned for, for Breaking Bad. And it was some character, and I didn't recognize it at all. I was really? like, huh, okay. And he's like, yeah, it was, I was this character. I can't even remember what it was. And I didn't recognize it at all. I think I came back like that, yeah. you know, that next week and was asking you guys, and like, oh. Oh, uh, okay. So, so the fake name. character names are also because if pages were leaked, they couldn't necessarily assign them to a yeah. certain. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just uh, to uh, obfuscate. Because what Is would happen um, really early, uh, you know, that was that people would get on the show as some, you know, they might be a very minor character. They might be, you know, a character that these guys had just named, you know, uh, uh, what was the thing with the uh, air traffic controller or something mm -hmm. like that that would then end up on IMDB and then people fans would like make all kinds of connections like, really? oh it's this and this yeah and I remember at one point we even had um, during what's season five I guess was it the train the train one yeah there, there was like a thing that went out for casting that said we need an engine train engineer type Hmm. I remember yeah. when that went out, and yeah, yeah so it, we had to start locking it down really, really yeah. tightly. I totally want to see what the poll was for train engineer type. But, like, but, <laughs> but yeah, but the thing was, is like that totally West gave away. Like, right. That was totally People giving away an caps. episode, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 If you don't yeah. come with your own cap, then no, you're no out. chance. You're no or chance. A whistle. Oh, remember comp cards? <laughs> you guys remember actors comp cards that would have you like, yeah. in case you want to know what I look like in this cap. It'd be like a picture of that. <laughs> hey, they, they, sti oh, they yeah. still you exist. You have one of those? They still I, exist. I never had one, but I was a casting assistant for like a year in D.C. Oh, and yeah? I, and I remember like, yeah, I that was, I was... I was in my twenties. Um, I think I was still in college, but uh, but that was it was enlightening, horrifying, and enlightening. I was gonna say, didn't that that didn't like turn you off? There was one where a guy it? was he had false teeth, and so he he like half the card was him with teeth, and half was without teeth. See, that would be helpful to me. <laughs> really? No, seriously. Yeah. Well, seriously, I mean, yeah, a cap, I guess if you a cap's knew, not gonna be helpful. No cap. But, but there was you, always the yeah. ma and like the. If there's part of your body you can remove. Yeah. That's a good thing for us to know. <laughs> Is yeah. yeah. If you can I pop an eyeball out. Oh boy. There was the. Um, most of the women had <clears throat> at least one shot of them holding like a phone, like they were still like the uh, handset phones with a cord that was all wound around them and a bag of groceries and like like it just exasperated. It was always just like, <laughs> like, I, like I think that's like young mom look. I don't know what that yeah. was. What about eating a salad while laughing? Yes, there was. Yeah. yeah, and every yeah. guy had one that was like, just in case you want me to do an infomercial, and it was like a suit. <laughs> it was like really. <laughs> Patrick Fabian would have gotten all of those. Yeah, that yeah, guy looks good. Yeah. Well, um, we should um, we should kind of get get uh, into the episode. Yeah, um, screw that. The, um, <laughs> but the, the thing I want to start off with is Jenny. I'm gonna sort of embarrass you a little bit, but you have been one of the biggest success stories that has come out of the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul camp. Oh, thanks. Um, true. You know, it is true. I mean, the other day we were talking, um, uh, I think I was talking to a friend of mine um, about uh, about jobs and about the matriculation of our production assistants and regular assistants. And it has just been absolutely ridiculous, the, the, the way that that the dreams have come true in this, in this production. So um, I also want to mention, because, you know, 
Uh, That's what uh, we're about. Jenny, <laughs> exactly. Right. Jenny, you are the recipient of, of a, a Writers Guild Award on your own last yeah. year. Yeah. 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 For, I, I for, won for my last Breaking Bad episode. And the title was? Confessions. Confessions. I won for Confessions. Like confi- yeah. Confidence? What was it? I'm sorry. Confessions. It's a very it was deeply s- layered, subtle title. This um. was the one where Walt um, had the videotape, uh, basically the DVD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are yeah. a number of confessions within the episode, yeah. so you know, Jesse, let's go obvious. Jesse beat the hell out of Saul. Yes. Too. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Actually, one of those great dramatic scenes. Um, one of Saul's dramatic scenes, which I think was yeah. part of why one of the reasons why we were like, you know, you, you could probably actually do a show yeah. Yeah, yeah. with Saul, like knowing that mm. first of all that Bob had that range and that the character had that range. So yeah. um, I, can, I can still yeah. remember Bob walking into the production office and he was giddy. With excitement yeah, yeah. at, that, at oh, having right. been beat up by Aaron Paul, <laughs> and it was it was I, after he the fact, was, right? He yeah. loved, and it was it was an insight. I guess we had a couple of times. It's just yeah. how much Bob likes to uh, he likes discomfort. Yeah. He likes to he suffer. He seriously does. He yeah. does. I don't know whether it's it's the Catholic thing or <laughs> maybe it's, I don't know. It's, it's being from Illinois, but there's there's some yeah. there's yeah there's something yeah. there. Yeah, but yeah. he the very first uh, episode he ever did, he's uh, kneeling. Uh, painfully, uh, with his hands tied behind his back yeah. in the middle of a blowing sandstorm, uh, in the middle of the night, ice cold, sand. real, about real yes. sandstorm. Ignacio or yeah. Lalo, yeah. He was yeah. getting sand up his nose, and he, he, <coughs> he, he said it. to me, he said, we're going to stop shooting at some point, right? And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, as I, I As the director, as the director, Terry McDonough, I huddled. Huddled in the RV, which was oh, in the scene Terry. behind him. So. But I recall he wasn't he wasn't complaining at all. He Not was like, at all. This is great. I think he was he wasn't complaining. He loved it. I think he was just worried about the crew because oh, yeah, the, yeah. the lights were the lights were getting knocked over by the yeah, wind. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, anyway, wow. this but that was that was another show. Yeah. This yeah, show. Yeah, sorry, this but, show is the one. This show. This episode is the one with the billboard. Right. But I yeah. I kind of wanted to like start way early in the writers' room, and since Jenny is here, she could talk about how you guys started breaking that story and and you know the, the thought to have Bob actually climb up the billboard and all that kind of stuff I am very interested in this as well like how you guys break the stories do they start as outlines how much you've outlined well we we break all the stories together uh, we have you know the boards and and we just go beat by beat um, this episode was sort of interesting because the first three episodes kind of are you know an arc in that you have sort of the Kettleman story with you know, uh, Jimmy running his little scam and, and running into Tuco, and then uh, Nacho in three comes, and then the Kettlemans disappear, and then at the end of three, he finds them. So the challenge with four was, what is Jimmy going to do next? And so there was a lot of discussion of like, well, now what? He has this money. What, what do you do with um, $35,000? And so we had this idea of him creating this stunt. I don't, I actually do not remember exactly where the billboard idea came from, but it was probably like most ridiculous ideas we have on the show. Somebody was like, oh, and then he does this. And we're like, yeah, we'll never do that. And then, (laughs) and then you start going, oh, maybe, maybe the head could explode. You know, so we did the thing. (laughs) So we sort of started building it from that. And then it was, how much of this do we reveal? At what point do we reveal that this was a plan all along? How mm. specific are we going to get? And um, so yeah, and then it was centering. We also didn't want the episode to just be 
and then there's a billboard gag. You know, there had to be a lot of character stuff. So we have the great scene with um, Kim and Jimmy in the salon, you know, when she comes and tries to convince him. You have the great scene in the judges' chamber with Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I say great because the actors were so amazing in the scenes. Um, and then, of course, what happens with Chuck at the end. So sort of escalating um, Chuck's condition and kind of like when he runs out of the house and just seeing like how much it affects him. And, right. and so that was... It was definitely a challenging episode. Well, you know what? You guys decided also to jump back into Jimmy's past and give us a little bit more of what was going on, you know, back then, which I thought was really, really great because it's not necessarily Saul Goodman, but it's got these tones of Saul Goodman, the con game and that kind of thing with Marco. Um, How did that, you know, how did you guys start thinking about maybe Jimmy was a con artist before? Or was that all along... Well, you you get a hint of that in the first episode. He's slipping Jimmy. Right. Um, but that was a slip and fall thing. That wasn't necessarily not a I mean, straight con. Yeah, no. that's true. That's true. You know, I got to say though, uh, necessity is is very often, as we know, the mother of invention. And the teaser of this episode, the original teaser of this episode, was the scene uh, that opens Act One with the Kettlemans mm-hmm. and then right. him basically pitching himself as their lawyer and uh, that right. scene. But the episode came in a wee bit short yeah. in time. See, I was trying <laughs> to save it. I was trying to save that. I wasn't going to give that well, away. But, no, well, but you asked about the teaser. This is the whole yeah. point. It's a behind-the-scenes podcast. Yeah, it ended up. It ended up to be pretty sure We were surprised. I mean, the shortest and, ever, yeah. counting all the Breaking Bad episodes. It was like. Eight, it was eight, nine minutes short? I, knew I think short. so, yeah. It was, short. it was even shorter than that. Well, I think I seem to remember Jenny in the room had a notion that maybe we'd be, we might be might be short even yeah. when we were breaking it. But having said that, reading the script, I didn't feel that it was particularly short. And, of course, the script either. was written before yeah. we commenced production. It was before it was yeah. written before we had really had we, we had shot the Production the on any of it, yeah, right. And, yeah. and I think what we found was that the rhythm of the show is just really different from the rhythm of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, and material, a scene that How might so? run, a, it's hard to say, but I, it's just in general, the scenes tend to play a little bit, a little bit, the scenes tend to play a little faster yeah, with the same amount of Jimmy's material. energy is, yeah. Jimmy has a higher energy than mm-hmm. I think, not that it's less energy that Walt had, but, but Walt's energy was much, I don't know, there was, it was a lot more deliberate. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he seems and, to internalize things less. Yeah, and Jimmy's like, by spouting mm-hmm. out, yeah, it goes out. But. So I think it's really just a function of the character. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. More than you're anything right else. You're right. Interesting. But it meant, it meant that uh, we had to think, we, we had this episode that was yeah. short, and it was relatively, mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away, but it was relatively late in, uh, late in production. We, we had a cut of this, and we said, geez, you know, this is, this is we have an opportunity here for, yeah. for, for something else. And uh, we talked was, about putting was, a Justin Bieber video. We on the did, of it. and I think that would. <laughs> have, I still, I'm still arguing for that. Actually, <laughs> it's not too late. So you decided, you know, to make uh, this whole con uh, thing with uh, Marco, Jimmy's longtime friend. Yeah, this was one of those moments of turning lemons into lemonade. The other yeah. thing that was interesting is when we said, "How do we fill in the time that we're missing in this episode?" We looked at the episode and we realized it would feel like we were padding it if we put anything into the existing structure. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it picks up right from 103, so you can't mm-hmm. really put anything before that scene. And then it just that episode, it felt like the episode kind of moved, and so everything we were thinking of just felt like extra. It, it just didn't feel right. So 
we said, well, a flashback, you know, let's, we have this teaser, like, let's do a flashback and we can fill in some backstory on Jimmy and Mm -hmm. maybe it'll Mm -hmm. help us in, you know, down the line. And, And that was kind of why it ended up being a flashback. And we always are trying to give more information about the character without, you know, in, in an interesting kind of way yeah. and without giving everything about the character away. So it was really, at first I think we talked about doing a Jimmy Chuck thing, but we had just done a Jimmy we Chuck flashback in 103. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was sort of the stumbling block for that. Yeah. And then the yeah. Marco con kind of came up. And so. we got, and then that allowed us to work with the lovely uh, Mel Rodriguez, who's a really a sweet, sweet guy, really excellent is. actor. He's the guy like lying, the, the guy in the in the suit lying. The, he's a, the con, the fellow con man. Mm-hmm. and he's, Jimmy's he's best wonderful. friend. Jimmy's... It sure looks that way yeah. back in the what day. What was the audition yeah. like for him? Was it a, was it the same scene? Was it a real scene? We or? had a he bunch did of the cop thing with the prostitute. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Was he the prostitute? He, he played the did prostitute. Did he play Chanterelle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Sister>. <laughs> I, I like that. Sister's dance. Is that a mushroom? Chanterelle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we're going to go short where Velveeta. <laughs> yes. Chanterelle and Velveeta take on Manhattan. That's what we're doing. Next. I don't know if you know that. The other guy, the other guy in the in the teaser though was uh, was the what, Kevin Weissman. Yeah, he also did. Um, I painted him yellow uh, yeah, about fifteen years ago. What on, really? On the episode of the X Files. Yeah. Oh my god! It was my first directing gig, uh, professional directing gig. It was really? an episode, episode that was of the X Files. The genie in the rug oh, wow. episode. He played a, uh, a guy lived a trailer trash guy who lived in a, a mobile home, and he and his brother played by uh, Will Sasso, who was also wonderful. I love uh, Will Sasso. I've met yeah. him a number of times. They they find a genie in a rug, rolled up in a rug, played by a wonderful actress named Paula Sorge, hmm. uh, who did a she was excellent. Anyway, uh, but uh, this kid gets a wish and he wishes to be invisible, and then he gets hit by a car, and then Scully <laughs> finds this. They, they find this invisible this body, so she paints him with yellow lycopodium powder to make him visible. As one does. Yeah, as one yes. does. That's what happens. This is what happens. You change your name, you get painted accept yellow. It. It's just it's, yellow, you know. best. Doesn't so, matter. So they uh, they come out of a bar late at night, and mm-hmm. Jimmy's basically telling him to howl like a like a coyote or like yeah. a. Like a wolf when you hit the uh, the point of pleasure is that yes. that's the deal. Yes. But but it turns out that it's basically true, by that the way. is yeah. No, it just it just turns out. out that that is um, that's sort of a signal yes. for Marco in the alley to know let them know that let yeah. him oh, know that, that they're coming. Oh, is that what that means? It's very clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guys are good. Yeah. These guys are good. Guys are good. <laughs> I thought he was just embracing life. There's a nice <laughs> and there's a nice saying. This, this is all supposed to be Cicero, Illinois, right. and we're always thinking. You know, it's and it was shot as everything is shot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as is all of the rest of the series. And I remember we were thinking, how do we make it feel like Cicero? Hmm. And there's a, that wonderful wide shot that. Um, because this episode, uh, 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 kind of uh, obviously, I should have mentioned was, was earlier, um, uh, the wonderful Colin Buxy directed Emmy winning Emmy oh, winning yeah. Emmy yeah. winning or Fargo, yeah. yeah. Came down to it. Yeah. yeah, Colin gave us a really nice wide shot uh, where the two of them are standing there, uh, you know, being goofy and drunk in the the beginning of the teaser, and we figured out I don't know whose idea it was, but it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Bill Pulowski, our very talented uh, visual effects uh, producer, to put a old painted brick sign on the wall of the building high above them, Cicero Mercantile, and it really helped sell where we were. And it was just kind of a lucky happenstance. It was a beautiful wide shot, but I don't think the intention when Colin got it was to put a sign on the wall. Cicero is just a small. It's it's a, a suburb outside of Chicago. It's about 12 miles. Twelve miles west 
about like like west, a little okay. bit southwest of Chicago. Okay. So it's not very far out of Chicago. Just you know, in case yeah, because you're from Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. So yeah. did Chris. Well, he didn't grow up. I was up. born he was there. Born I was there, born there, there. But, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moved very shortly to uh, Arizona. Yeah. And you've oh, actually, yeah. you've actually helped uh, Kelly. You've helped us with our because I, I hate to admit it, I've been, I've been to O'Hare Airport, and that's about it. Uh, but uh, I'd like to airport take, in the world. Yeah, but that's I mean, you've, say, anyway, you've helped us get some of the details right. Try to. As, as has Bob Odenkirk because he's from Chicago. Yeah, he's from yeah, he's he's from Chicago. And honestly, wouldn't you say it's safe to say that the character comes from Chicago land? Because Bob Odenkirk does in real life, and Bob sounds like it. Yeah. I actually didn't lost that accent long ago, but Bob still sounds like he comes. Oh, from you're from originally from there too. I grew up I there until oh, okay. I was about fourteen. Wow. Anyway, yeah. um, but we're gonna lose Jenny. Yeah, because I want to move on and yeah. get, get to the. I don't think um, we're gonna get to every plot detail here. No, but you know what? I think, <laughs> I think what, one of the on things that place. that shouldn't is, have told um, that name story. It took up too much room. <laughs> But um, the th- the thing that I wanted to get to too is um, uh, so you guys decided to put a, the billboard up, and you guys actually did put up the billboard in Albuquerque, and it became a thing. So I want oh, you yeah, guys to like, talk, talk about, about the yeah. thing that it became. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that was always sort of going to be. We were never going to be able to keep that secret because we put it right off the highway. Yeah, in it was the a real. It was a real billboard. People should know that is not CGI. That Isn't billboard was no that is a real billboard. Freeway, isn't it? Isn't it very, very close? I mean, isn't um, the Crossroads Motel like on the other side of the freeway um, very close? It's not right across from the Crossroads, but I mean, you can walk uh, pretty easily. Yeah, honestly, the that stretch of freeway, everything is kind of close, yeah. and on that stretch, um, <laughs> you know, Albuquerque is bisected by two freeways, right, and right. that's just how it, sort of. yeah, yeah. It, and it is. Um, so there was a lot of talk. We always kind of wanted to do it practically, and what was great is we had the beautiful crane shot in the beginning where you go across the billboard really, and you yeah. see downtown Albuquerque and that is all that is all practical like you really could see you know there was a guy up on the billboard you really could see downtown you know we the guy really did fall off the billboard um so some of the issues that we had were not just all of Albuquerque is going to see this and it's immediately going to go on the internet but it was safety and then the fact that we were having a guy fall off a billboard and there was a concern that people driving by on the freeway would call the cops oh. and say there's a guy <laughs> hanging off of a billboard. You know, they don't necessarily know that it's a production. I think Chris and I at the time, we, we were like looking up the, the Google images and stuff and we would see that people were tweeting that the billboard was there. Right. Oh, it went up immediately. I, I don't think I ever saw a tweet with any of the actual shooting. No. I mean, I never saw any of the production. No, no, that is fascinating. I never yeah, saw, yeah. They you never know, said, people, like, and I saw a guy fall. Like, yeah, nobody ever gave the plot the details. Which yeah. I'm shocked at that that didn't happen. I'm Not shocked, to say but that thankful. it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been, we just didn't see it, but. I, I, the other thing that's remarkable when you see, because uh, you were there, and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, but there were two cranes, actually, yeah, over that. Yeah, yeah, there's a crane that is, because. It was two days of shooting, though, right? Yeah, it was two days on the location. So there are safety lines on billboards but uh they're only meant you know they're only meant for one fall and so we had to have our own safety line so there was a crane that had the safety line to the actors and then there was the crane and also i think the um then you have like where the camera people are but that's on the other crane. So you have the camera crane, but then you also have the safety yeah. crane. So and all of that has been removed by our great visual effects. Yes. So, so don't look for that. Safety <laughs> line. You have to remove 
the safety line for us, but make sure that the the safety line that plays in the story is still, it's still there. Is still right. there. So there are a lot of we, very oh, right, serious right, meetings. Right. So in a lot of the shots, there actually is a guy dangling off that billboard. Yes, and it was, yeah. it was how high was it? Do you remember? It was, what, 70 feet? I think yeah, about right. seventy feet. It was right. very high. Yeah. I was when we started location scouting. I I was I was actually really concerned because in my head I had seen it. I thought it was a little more squat. I didn't think it was yeah. that high. It's high. The yeah. idea that actually yeah, is terrifying. Yeah, are really looking up at it. It's really you terrifying. And ruin your day falling up there. Thing. Yeah. And of course, you know, one of the things this was a great contribution from our DP Arthur Albert because the original oh right uh, the original as scripted originally yes. or at least as broken originally. Uh, this billboard was supposed to be visible from Howard Hamlin's window, and and so we that was his office window, his right. office window, and we were oh, we were had a we had a, a pre-production meeting where we were all sweating. Not only how are we going to this billboard, this yeah. guy dangling from the billboard, but also it has to be placed. I guess digitally, you know, we've yeah. never seen Howard's office at that point. Yeah, yeah. And Arthur Albert said, "Well, what if it's not?" actually visible from the window what if it's on his drive on the way to work and, it's, and that that yeah. made made a sh an episode that was already impossible uh it made it, it went, just it barely possible barely <laughs> barely <laughs> possible because yeah. as you know as as kelly was just mentioning it i think you had colin had it was basically three or four days of the episode was on this one yeah sequence. almost ha almost half the the shooting time really was dedicated to this because you had the two days on the practical location and then uh we also had um because we worked with clear channel on this because it, it's their property and and they put up the actual uh ad um oh, but they really? also amazing billboard yeah they had the, 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 the real the bill i mean we you know the art was done by our art department but then they actually put it up and then they <laughs> they sort of gave us a replica of the billboard that's I believe 12 feet high yeah. that we constructed on the back lot at the studio um, that's full size and that was all the close-up work um, oh. and so that was a full day I didn't um, see that so one. having that. one scene take three days of an eight-day schedule is pretty intense because it's it it is the act but um, oh and then there was just a day I think no I think it was three total days for mm -hmm. the billboard gag it's, but yeah because there was remarkable. all the UNM students yeah there was all the, the interview yeah. and then my we had to do guy. the B-roll and the camera guy we call him Kid Kubrick because yes, he, he looks exactly. he looks like a young look up Google Josh, Google, Josh yeah. Fadum. Google photos of Both a young Stanley Kubrick he looks just like him but yeah. I think that I can't remember because didn't Heather Heather Marion name him I think that he has my last name or something. Oh Does yeah, he? in the in the, in the, show, the character. The yeah, end, in yeah. the newspaper article. Yeah. If you read the newspaper article oh, at the really? very end, uh, oh, I'm gonna yeah, post Heather, Dixon, awesome. right? right? Yeah, something like that. In the like script, that. I believe Joey. he is just camera guy. Yeah, but I think in there, I think she she gave us like it, Joey's our um, Peter's assistant, your assistant Joey, I think is his first name, and Dick Dixon or something. I can't remember. But uh, Heather Heather Marion is your writer's assistant yes. this year, yeah. and she assistant. actually wrote the. So if you if you see on screen the newspaper article and you pause, that stuff is you know these you, know, you and Peter are very and I guess all your writers are very very specific about having that not be just gibberish. Oh, absolutely. Like well, you, because you can see it, right? Yeah. And if you pause, but believe me, on other things, yeah. on other right. shows I've been on, the gibberish doesn't matter. But you guys' art decoration, <laughs> set decoration, and props—it's like that for stuff that's not. Oh, yeah. In my yeah. office, like I could pick up post-its 
and move notebooks that you will never see on camera and they were always things that were pertinent yeah. to my yep. character yeah. and what year I graduated and everything. It was it's um, the it was attention to detail is Well, we have the best crew in the world, but also like Jenny just said, you don't really have a choice anymore. When when we were doing the X-Files, oh, because when yeah. we were doing the X-Files, it was all we shot a 35mm motion picture film the same way we did with Breaking Bad, but it was an SD world. It was a standard definition world in television okay. and you could literally write lines of uh, you could write news fill news, newspapers with latin and they hmm. did they had a something really? that generated latin and it looked like it looked like words but the standard deaf television you couldn't read it it didn't matter it wasn't comprehensive and now we're shooting with a not a 4k but a 5k mm -hmm. red dragon yeah. uh it's a whole other conversation but you know you don't have any choice anymore and you, wow. you gotta yeah. unless you want people seeing that you've just filled stuff with gibberish and nonsense and so. the other side of it is that we have the best crew in the world we also have some of the best fans in the world because yeah. these folks love to watch all oh, the details yeah, and they love and to like reach out for and, these details and you know because they know that we put so, we put so much effort into all those little details they they look at them all and sometimes find things that uh, we didn't know were there yeah, yeah there was true. um i mean just an example being on set there's the scene where uh jimmy and nacho have their confrontation and behind them there's a bulletin board and you know set deck was very good about making sure that everything on there was pertinent and then you know we're going through and checking it and because again, you know, anything over like a ten-point type, you're going to be able mm -hmm. to see, even though it's in the yeah. background. It makes life um, tougher. Yeah, and it's yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's harder on the to crew. you guys as writers too that you guys don't have fat on your scenes, which is a joy to play as an actor. Like um, even my introduction scene in the in the, in the garage with Jimmy, um, the economy of language and gesture is is brilliant, and I think that's why fans, including myself, are look for all the details because we know nothing was by accident. It wasn't just like, oh, the trash can was there, so she fixed it. It's like, it's telling a story mm -hmm. and not saying something as my character is less effusive than Saul, which is fun to play that um, juxtaposition. Um, when, I, when I don't say something, it's for as much reason as I do say something. And, Every detail you guys have in it. I was laughing with friends of mine that asked me, what's it like with working with Vincent Peter? Because they seem so specific with the language. Are they that specific with the portrait they're creating? I said, yes. And I remember shooting <laughs> the conference room scene, which there was a million things happening, and, and, and Bob coming in doing the Ned Beatty monologue. And you called, called cut once and walked in and moved the Danish. Yeah. Like uh, a quarter turn clockwise. Patrick, Patrick and Fabian. Like, no. And I was like, Patrick Fabian told Chris and I that story when we were in Albuquerque, and I think I told you, Vince, and, and he said I loved it. he said he moved a Danish, yeah. like Vince moved a Danish and a crumb, and Patrick watched that, and he said, I feel like we're in the right hands. Yeah, <laughs> for me and Patrick, it was our first day on set, and then we had the, these wonderful day players that were there, and there's lots of stuff happening, and everybody wants to be their best, and so when you yell, cut, we all froze. Like, Patrick and I, immediate like, sweat stains. We were like, it was you, it was you. No, it was me, it was me. And then you it came in. Danish. Yeah, he comes the in Danish and you move it. the Danish a quarter turn, and we're like, it's the it Danish. doesn't mean I'm a good director. It could just as easily mean I'm batshit crazy. <laughs> we loved it. We, we loved it actually. And okay. I think that's what your fans notice that you guys like everything is everything is for a reason. And right. um, there's no you know no detail that wasn't that wasn't thought out. So yeah, they want to know what the paper says. Yeah. Um, wow. I hate to rush this along because I I know Jenny, you have to get out of here, and no. I, I just want to yeah I know. I'm sorry. Um, I want I want to. Uh, 
put it out there. Do you, is there something in the show that you would like specifically to talk about? Because I know that we still have Ray, and we can talk about the wonderful scene with Bob and Ray. It's one of yeah, my yeah, favorites. Yeah, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. Or we get. I wanted to also get to the Chuck the Chuck scene at the end where he goes outside. Um, it, it's okay. up to you or whatever you would All like right. to talk uh, about. Well, I mean, just quickly, I can talk about the Chuck thing, which was the point of that was really sort of sh- which I what I love about having added that teaser is seeing kind of the person that Jimmy was and that's who Chuck is reacting to like you mm. know he think he knows that Jimmy has not told him something and it's it bothers him so much that he he forces himself to go outside which obviously you know at the end of the episode when he's wrapped in the blanket you can tell like it, it, it's a huge thing for him to do so um that was an interesting scene to break because it's very subtle and you know why does he go out you know what what's 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 uh making him do it so that's why i actually really like having that teaser because i think it helps remind the audience like this is why chuck doesn't trust jimmy because even though you've just seen in 103 the scene at the jail Mm -hmm. um it's a reminder of like i think in chuck's head that's a little bit still who jimmy is even though you know he seems to be on the straight and narrow you know the thing the receipt from 102 from the the dock in the box and all that um so that was a that was a great scene but it it's a it's got to be like a subtle a subtle style i mean it's a subtle way to end an episode it's also Um, it's also the first time that we as an audience get to see what this kind of Thing, this thing that Chuck is dealing with sort of manifests itself. Yeah. What it feels like to him. How it feels yeah. like. Chris, cut that scene. I did. did Good really, job, really Chris. Nice oh, job. Thank you. Well done. Um, but you really get to see what what Chuck is sort You're of going Chuck through. You're with Chuck through the yeah. scene. You know, the way uh, Colin shot it, it, it feels very much in his, his point of view. And, and it and also gets quite a laugh when, you know, it's like crazy, line. crazy, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> and then the woman looks out and it's like nothing. Yeah, it's just that, that so instantaneous that. switching of uh, perspectives yeah. always gets a laugh. Yeah, yeah. so good. And did you want to right quick talk about the race scene? Cause yeah, that's I, one do. Of, I do. But I tell you that... that I don't know about the guys in the office, but for the women in the office, that was one of our very favorite scenes. Really? I loved, love cutting that scene. I didn't want to change not one thing. Vince made me change a couple things. Oh, I want to know what you changed. It wasn't that. It was just little subtle things. Yeah, more like, shots of, like, yeah. you know, the, I'm not the, in the it. fish tank. I'm not more shots of the fish tank. No, it wasn't even like that. It was just like, oh, let's be let's be more, let's be in a two shot at this point instead of here, you know, stuff like that. But It works for guys, too. It definitely works for yeah, it was it was wonderful. I'm I'm very happy. It was very wonderful. Was it fun for you, Jenny? Just struck a chord with people. Yeah, I mean, because you get a chance to like, you know, you you get a chance to show what. Yeah, that was a scene that I was really excited to write. Um, other than the phone call in three, that's really kind of and because I feel like in three you have the phone call, so you get a little bit of Jimmy and Kim's relationship. But then the rest of three, it's very high high tension because the Kettlemans mm-hmm. are missing and all that. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of one of the first. And although there are stakes and there is tension in the scene, one mm-hmm. of the f- first scenes to sort of show their relationship right. and how they relate to each other. So it was really fun for me to write. Um, I feel like that's one of the scenes that I'm definitely most proud of. Um, but I love scene. I love scenes like that. Like I love the Kettleman scene in the beginning because I just like scenes of you know characters not talking about what they actually are there to talk about, right. um, <laughs> which is what's great about the scene. And, and um, I unfortunately I was not on set when they shot it, so there was a lot of talk before. And I know you guys rehearse a lot of a lot of that stuff as well. And yeah. so when I saw the dailies um, and some of the early cuts, I was so excited with how the scene had turned out because you have it in your head and then if you're lucky, um, 
the actors do it even better than you saw in your head, which is what happened. And so it, Aww, it's definitely thanks. one of my favorite scenes. I, I feel like the chemistry between you guys, just sort That's of the cool. friendship chemistry between mm-hmm. you guys is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like you clearly know each other. You Whether or not you've done it or not, is it doesn't matter because there's clearly an intimacy between you guys. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I love this scene. I love how long you held it at the end after Kim has left and you can just tell Jimmy's you know, he's happy that Hamlet's best, but he's 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 upset that you're upset at him and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's definitely also one of my favorite scenes. I, I love I love I love so many things about it, but I especially love the moment when Ray, when you you, you settle into the massage chair uh-huh. and you get this little smile on your face. And it's and you can like, see, oh, this is nice. yeah, yeah, oh, this is nice, you know, and and and, and you smack his yes. hand when he's yeah, that's one of my favorite bugging is when he's, bugging, is when he's yes. bugging you and you're like, stop, stop, yeah. time he's trying to show you it's, the it's control. Yeah. It's yeah. something so there's something so real about the connection between these two people. Uh, I, I, I'm just echoing what Jenny said. It's just this that I just find it okay. very touching, and it it makes me uh, want them to get together in some way or to for them to uh, just to see them together more or to have more time together uh, it's, oh, it's, it's something it's something yeah. and I and uh, you know so I, it's, it's, it's and, really, and it's also the appearance of the uh, University of American Samoa yes, sweatshirt right, yes. right, you know which is which will soon be available sweatshirt. for uh, purchase that's right oh, wow. <laughs> that's right I have to right. plug in that it, was really? eventually yes. eventually yeah. you guys that, have to buy it it's the best sweatshirt that was the we had a sweatshirt it was the crew gift and it's and it's uh, it's one of it was one of my favorite moments uh, towards the end of the season when the uh, the crew got the gift. Everybody was wearing. Them. I yes. so wish that you guys would put on the back go land crabs. Though. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a good idea. I was like go land, go land crabs. crabs next time. But you know what? Uh, we we uh, Jenny, Jenny. You have no. to leave. We have to say goodbye to Jenny. I'm so yeah, sorry, Jenny. But you know what? I tried my best. I thought I kept it pretty pretty good. Was getting great. a I lot got to of talk things about in things, there. So. This is one of the most <laughs> focused podcasts. Definitely. Yeah. Really? Definitely. Yeah. Now we're yeah. usually. <laughs> Meander yeah. and just wander away and get a sandwich and leave the audio Wait, running. And come just back. pretend that I'm still here after I okay. leave yeah. and you know, you're snapping it, yeah, through I, it. So I, that was interesting. Uh, it was I good. didn't know a lot of that. I learned a lot. It was yeah. nice meeting you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. They keep me in a dark room. Good luck, so. in, all Jenny, your, good luck in all your future endeavors. Yes. <laughs> Jenny, thank you so much for coming in this morning. I really appreciate you doing this. And Thanks I know for you have having stuff me. To do. Yeah. yeah. Good Hope to you guys you. enjoyed this. Things that are more important than being with us. So. Yeah. yeah, she's with you every day. I'm here She'll on Valentine's six, Day. That's guys. true. Right? I'm yeah. here on Compulsory Love Day. Gosh. Six, six right. day, six days a week is not enough. Six days a week is not enough. Happy All Compulsory right. Love Day, everyone. <laughs> All, right, cool. All right, don't mess up my episode, guys. Right. No, we will not. We promise. Right. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah. Love you. Bye. You know, we haven't talked about the fact that this episode does. So instead of starting, I mean, excuse me, also starting with Marco and Jimmy in the flashback, we go back to where we left off in, in episode three, where the money get bag gets broken open with the Kettleman's, and we still have to solve that problem. Well, Jimmy is like, you know, saying, hey, you know, I know you guys, you guys need to go home. Um, you know, Kim Wexler will uh, will take care of this. Yeah. You know, and but you know, I can't. And, and they try and bribe him. They okay. try and bribe him with this right. money. Always That's happy to talk about Julianne Emery and Jeremy Sheamus, right? who play the Kettleman's, Craig and Betsy Kettleman. Betsy. They are so. Is Betsy Betsy named for yes, Betsy? Yes, yes. Betsy is a right. Betsy is a, a tip of the hat. Because that to has Betsy come Brandt, up. Who Betsy Brandt, who that has Marie. come up um, awesome. yeah. in these first two episodes that have aired. Now, uh, just so you guys that are no other, the first two episodes have aired. Um, um, uh, already and already there are 
a lot of fan pages and other pages saying how many throwbacks there are uh, to Breaking Bad, and so I might as well bring it up. Yes, the uh, the Cadillac is an obvious throwback. The key fob is an obvious throwback to Walt's yeah, key fob. That's the and, key fob and, that fired the machine gun. Or okay. the same make and model, that, anyway, okay. aftermarket key fob. Okay. Yeah. And you said something a second ago, which is probably a pretty good segue. The fans, God bless the fans, and... Uh, uh, my lovely young assistant, uh, uh, Jen, Jen Carroll. Say hello, Jen. Hey, Jen. Jen Carroll. Rounding into my octogenarian years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you like, turn 16, like we're going to have the best party for you. <laughs> I'll carry my fake ID until you're going to have the best quinceañeras. Yes. <laughs> Jen, Jen is another Jen is another success story that has come out of Breaking Bad. Jen was a uh, post production assistant when a couple of years ago. You were you were our. Uh, uh, production assistant for po- for post and editorial and then you moved over to the writer's side and you and uh and gordon uh smith were uh like sort of uh research assistants right you guys did a lot of researching we did all the jobs you did you did <laughs> yes, a lot of researching yeah. and now you're vince gilligan's personal assistant like you're so much personal production that, assistant gordon. right yeah. Say the say what it is, so I don't screw up again. <laughs> I'm Vince's assistant, and all of my dreams have come true. Okay, there you go. And you also, you and Gordon co-wrote the the Better Call Saul digital comic. That yeah, you that's right. The comic on, yes. on AMC, right? That's right. Yes, we did. But there was there was a big article about you guys like not too long ago, like like a couple of years ago, right? They did an article about the research that you guys did. Yeah, in when we were on Breaking Bad, Wired.com did an article. And, and there's a, there's a charming illustration also. I love the, the, the <laughs> where you look uh, adorable, like your normal adorable self, and Gordon looks like he just he's been you know he hasn't taken a shit in like really? six months. Wait, where is yeah, this? Yeah. I want to see it. It's on Wired.com. Oh, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, no. good. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted uh, I wanted folks to hear your lovely voice, but also specifically, uh, it seemed like a good segue talking about our great fans. Talk about this fan art you've been finding on the internet. Yeah, we've been looking on Tumblr and Twitter and just gathering any Better Call Saul-related fan art we can find and putting it up on this giant board that we have in our hallway. Oh, cool. and, and, and it brings me special delight. Me too. I don't know, I don't know why. It's just, it just makes me so happy that, that, that people care enough about the show and are that into the characters. That they're they're even creating like alternative universe alternate universe scenarios. With you realize books. that did happen on Breaking Bad quite no, a bit. But, but right? the, here's here's I an did. important thing. Here's an important yes, it, and but it was we wonderful never take then it too. For granted. But but the, the, what's important to note here? We're recording this. Only two episodes have right. aired oh, as yeah. we record this. And this fan art, we've got more than a dozen pieces of really wonderful fan art that Jen has found. And this is the point of my digression here. Uh, so Jen is going to keep looking for fan art. And again, only two episodes of air. We're only a fifth of the way through the season, airing-wise. So Jen's going to keep looking for fan art. The board, I suspect, is going to continue to grow. And if I could speak for you, yeah. uh, uh, Twitter, Peter, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? I, will, I, will, I am going to tweet. I'm going to tweet pictures of the board from time to time. Okay. As, as, as it grows. Right? And also, yeah. just I, I, I love tweeting uh, references to, to, the, to the great piece of fan art so people can, can find them and enjoy them. Did you see the one that someone sent me? No. I know what you was and it? I follow each other on Twitter. It's, um, it's someone did a. I can't tell if it's an actual painting or a computer rendering painting of um, the scene in the garage with me and, with me and Bob. It's oh, great. we'll nice. find it. It's and really we'll great. put it up on the wall. Yeah, yeah we got to get very that. Pretty. You're an artist, are you not? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm trying to make a yeah, segue. Yeah, no, no, I paint. It, 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 I was, paint. it was an oh, angry yeah. segue, yes. Yes. 
And um, uh, Bob and I, uh, Bob had was having some throat issues when he first got into the rhythm of doing the show because, as people see, it's a just a speeding engine train that he's just <laughs> riding the entire show and he was worried about his throat on the weekends but we um and thank you for the compliment earlier about the the that we look like we have chemistry and bonnie we work we did he doesn't have much off-camera time to to hang out with people to develop that um so he and i try very hard in the scenes to um be as honest as we can in the moment which is why we do rehearse our scenes a lot that nail salon scene we did it over and over and over just so that you can be honest enough to respond to you know you can't have in your head like I think I'm gonna play the scene this way and not respond to your character just smacked you mm -hmm, or he's mm -hmm. being angrier than I thought he would be or don't be a piss at you know and so we constantly try to volley the ball back to each other and so it's makes me very happy that people see that as this real relationship um but when bob was losing his voice we <laughs> he asked he was like you know, i had just gotten to set and stuff and he was like ray do you want to hang out this weekend you know because we have our first uh, scenes coming up and um there's just so much not spoken that we want to be able to play and i was like I, I, I would love that plus a huge fan of his and anything we can do to help the scenes that's great he's like but here's the thing i don't want to talk at all this weekend i don't want to speak he's like do you want to go to santa fe um but not speak at all and I was like yes uh, uh, I was like sure you know um, immediately like like changing my name I was like yes awesome can't wait and then I go home that day and I'm thinking it's very nerve-wracking I mean like I'm a huge fan of his plus I want to do well on the show and I just got here and all of this um and many people's first tool to deal with nervousness when you first meet somebody is, is to talk but I thought it would be very rude if I was speaking the whole time and he's not so I'm not speaking either and then I uh -oh. thought well, <laughs> that's really going to call up a lot of stuff. Um, of, you know, you want to impress and you want to be funny. And I hope I'm clever enough for Bob Odenkirk right. and all this. I later found out that Bob has, he says there's a gene in, in the Odenkirks of being a tour guide nonstop. He can't stop pointing out like, and this oh, yeah? rock is here since blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so he's like just gripping the steering wheel the whole way to Santa Fe because he can't give me <laughs> information on everything wow. we're passing. Um, so he thought he was angry? I didn't know what just was going on. I just, and it was so yeah. interesting. And it turned out to be the most amazing thing before we did that garage smoking scene because um, I went, he and I both went through every level I know for myself of what you normally do to like get over your nervousness in meeting somebody or trying to impress somebody or try to be sexy or cool or funny or anything. And um, you, had to let it, you had to let it all go and just sit with those feelings and and then you get past it and what happened was like eventually you get to a place where there's so much not spoken and you don't have yeah. to fill the dead air all the time the space all the time you can just sit with each other yeah. and that's what we did for i mean it was probably like 10 hours and um wow. he brought i brought it up because i draw in a journal and bob draws in a journal all the time too and so we just sat and we had lunch and we just sat and we drew we walked around santa fe and we would like point at things and be like just like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and not really speak. And then by the time we did the, you know, the garage scene, there was nothing uncomfortable about just sitting in each other's space. Yeah, you know, that's um, great. And it, it, was, it was great. So the only sad thing was we ran into Stu, our producer, at another table. He happened to be out with friends, right next to us in uh, in Santa Fe eating, and um, at that breakfast place everybody goes to. What's oh it? yeah, what's the corner? The, yeah, I can't really, think of really the, good. Can't think of the name. Can't think of the name. Yeah, but yeah. You have to like wait. Where you sit at the communal table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. Bob, I love this about Bob. Bob does not explain himself. And it isn't so much like, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's literally like he just 
didn't get that far. Like he didn't consider it weird that we're sitting there in silence and yeah. Stu and his friends are looking at us and we're not speaking. We're just drawing in books and um, not talking to each other at all. And he's like, you guys doing well? And we are like, yep. That's a very liberating thing to not have a constant need to explain yourself. I'm serious. Such a great story. I love that. I love that. It was awesome. We stopped off in Madras too. Madras, yeah. Pointed at things. No, Madrid. What is it? Like Madrid, except the locals pronounce it Madrid. And you know, but that Madras is the place where they sell the shorts. Yes, you're right. You're right. It's the opposite of the way you know, especially in television. You know, you'll you'll be plunged. I, you'll be plunged into a situation. You'll meet an actor for the first time. Oh, we've been married for ten years. Right. You guys really did all that that extra that extra. It doesn't sound almost doesn't sound like work. You just spent that extra time, and it. I just I think it really shows on screen. That's great. And, and it just, it just it, it makes the scenes to my eye just so spontaneous That's and true. real. That's yeah. True. So you're you're able to play. You guys also you guys write. With air in it for an actor to, there's we have perimeter, you know, parameters and perimeters for our characters and for the storyline and for the scenes. But um, there's always room to uh, pl have subtext, have things you didn't say and chose to say this instead. And there's so much play. And you guys, from the moment, from the first time I met you and I auditioned for you, um, were inviting of that. And I was so excited. I was like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to work like that? And um, and Bob works in that vein and the directors you guys use that are all lovely and your writers. Um, so we get to do it a hundred ways and you get the room to respond honestly and keep, because that nail salon scene goes a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's, there's things we're not saying and things we are saying and like, I know what you meant by that, but I'm not gonna respond to it or I don't know what you mean and I can't deal with it and it's back and forth and it's, um, it's an argument, and then it's a love fest, and then it's friends hanging out, and it's, uh, oh, actually, this massage here is nice. And yeah. Was it a, nice? It's a gift. Did it really massage? Huh? We could <laughs> No, I mean, seriously. Time, we couldn't turn it on because of the noise. Because of the noise. So we had to play so like, had to pretend. Ugh. Wait a minute. That's right, because at the end, and this is, was a funny Bob detail. Is Bob is kind of shaking, and he's just doing it himself. Because uh, <laughs> uh, right. at the very end, if you look closely, he's kind of looking like he's enjoying himself. Like, like, I refuse to be uptight about the fact she's mad at me now. Which is a nice touch. Yes. But he's kind of shaking in the chair at the very end. But he was just doing that himself because, as you said, the chair had to be off for, for, yeah, sound, for sound recording. Yeah. For sound, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was fun. Well, you know, we've sort of touched on everything in this episode, but we didn't really go into a lot of it. Do you, is there anything else that you guys want to talk what about? Else as far to as talk as, about? What are the You scenes? know, I mean, we have... Um, what I mean, else happened? You know, we, we, do we have the... I like that Taylor... I like the Taylor scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that British Jimmy, Taylor. Jimmy Basic. We, ha we really have no idea what Jimmy is doing at that point. And he's sort of got this list. I'm curious where he got the list. Do you think, did Kim give him the list? Where did he get the list about? Paul Jeffrey about, played the Taylor. He was good. He was About excellent. Howard's yeah. clothes and, and what to buy. I think he, well, you know, that's it. You we, know, Kelly, that's an excellent question. We did talk about it in the room. And, and what we decided was, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he knows people still at Hamill and Hamill McGill, and he called he called someone there, who 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 knows who knows. But I'm deep. curious but, but here's, which here's, one of y'all knows menswear. Like I mean, that no, was that was really well, impressed. no, I mean, uh, Jenny. Jenny Jenny wrote the scene, and she uh, she probably did a little research. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know that she knows all that stuff. Because I thought maybe head, but, one of but, you guys like is just so dapper that well, you, you can tell from the way we dress. I'm pretty dapper. As we record this, I'm wearing a Golamade diaper and an opera coat. <laughs> well, you know, on the weekends, <laughs> I think else. maybe you have like this. Look. 
This uh, and that's for it, Valentine's. Something I'll that's right. Or... That's right. I like again the little, the little wings. Yeah. The little wings. Enjoy, the, uh, lovers. Little wings right? and the bow and arrow are a great touch today. <laughs> yes. So Jenny, so Jenny did some really, really excellent, excellent research on this. She did. Well, she always does. But you know, it, that's part of the job. Of course, we have a lot of help too from our folks here who we can ask for something to be researched. You know, well, what I love especially about the scene, the it's a wonderful scene, but yeah, I, what I love, love, love is where, is where he goes by the shirts and yeah, sees the orange touch. shirt right? and the red I love tie. That. That's a good yeah, touch. I love, love, love that. Cause I, that's one of the things that I'm, that I'm missing is, is the colors. I miss yeah. the great, great nice colors touch. that you guys used to dress him in. Nice. It was, you know, it was nice in the scene after that. It was nice seeing Eileen Fogarty, who plays Mrs. Nguyen, yeah. have her have a little bit more uh, of, a, of a moment there because she's a wonderful actress. Uh, she has no accent in real life. She, that accent is so good. that she's, yeah, like, she's, she so she's doing relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. she's, she's really great. She's an interesting lady. I guess she's half Irish and half Vietnamese. She, she plays, she? Yeah. She plays mm. Mrs. Nguyen, who runs the nail yeah, salon. Runs, that's a very nice salon. That uh, is, I think I mentioned another podcast is open for business. You actually did. By all means, uh, give them give them uh, your business if you happen to be in Albuquerque. Be respectful uh, of uh, of the because it is a real business. And, yeah. uh, don't, that, don't insist on trying to look for Jimmy's office. Right, the there is <laughs> good point, and yeah, I mentioned this last time, and it bears yeah. repeating: there yeah. is no office no. in the back. So it's just it's fun to have the world of the show be consistent, and of to have to have these yeah. these locations relate to each other. And I love the fact that people can go. And you can drive around Albuquerque, and, and and I've done it myself. Suddenly, oh hey, look, I know that place because because it was on the show. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's a great feeling. We did that when we were there. We yes, did our we own did. self-guided we tour, did the self-guided, right. Breaking Bad uh, locations, Breaking Bad location oh, yeah. tour. That's <laughs> right. Or that's really fun. an episode, a later episode, we were actually shooting in the uh, the tour the tour truck that looks just like the RV from Breaking Bad drove past oh, really? while we were shooting. I was on a plane once on one of the, one of the weekends that they let me. Go if I'd like to LA to do some things, and uh, there was a woman that had gone out. They had you the, trapped there, right? Is that what you're right, saying? Right, they had me trapped. They allowed me to leave the cage, and um, <laughs> there was a woman sitting exactly across from me in the aisle talking to her her friend. They had flown there um, to do the Breaking Bad tour, but Jesus. she was so dismayed. A lot of people do. She goes, you know, and they're shooting, and I knew they were shooting Better Call. They've already started shooting Better Call Saul at the same time. She's like, and we kept driving around trying to see if we could. She was like, I just wanted to see like Vince or Peter or just one cast member, just one. Oh my God, she's sitting right the there. The show hadn't aired, and she didn't know that it was me. And, and you, you were Beth at that point too. You were Beth at that point. You couldn't say anything. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't say where she's. You, you know Beth. what? I'm Beth. I from the show. But you know what? Wouldn't that be sweet? And the other part of me is like. Like, that's obnoxious that like you would think but you what know is what she's isn't like, it no cool? i meant like bob not like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it cool though <laughs> that so she weird. may be listening that's to funny. this podcast at some point and i hope she's like I really hope she oh my god that was me yeah yeah i mean i sat next to her for the entire for the entire flight and she just yeah. kept talking about it. she's like you know and she's like i just think the show's gonna be great i wish i could have just seen like just you know just like one cast member that is so <laughs> hilarious that's like one of the best stories that's ever that's a great story that's I hope really she was awesome listening. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Thomas Gullabich, our music supervisor, and especially um, uh, Yvette Matoyer, who found the Battle Hymn of the Republic music. Oh, I yes. think that that yeah. they have been so instrumental. In, instrumental, what yeah, a pun. Yeah. Um, they've been so <laughs> instrumental in getting us a great music. But yeah. I remember, yeah, um, great, you know, we don't usually touch. cut with music unless it's a specific montage. Um, and it's funny because when, when that scene came through, I don't think that Jenny really 
had thought about cutting it up the way that I did. I yeah. just kind of kinsued it a little bit, and it this was kind of fun. This is, scene, this is the scene where Jimmy's, where, where Jimmy's, Jimmy's looking through the money. Yeah, where Jimmy's up, basically justifying up, yeah. to himself right. this bribe. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to sort of play it where he was, you know, it's one of those things where you're talking to yourself sometimes very verbally out loud and sometimes not yeah. when you're alone and yeah. trying to sort of simulate it. But they found that great piece of music to put behind it. And it, it is, was like, great. And it so was good. sort of a... Sort of a, I guess, a precursor to Saul Goodman's music that he plays in yeah, his office. Yeah, and I'm, it, it was just, we heard it, and we were like, oh, man, this yeah, is perfect. This this piece of music is perfect. Also, this is a really good episode for Thomas and uh, and Yvette and, and Michelle. And, yeah, because they and, found uh, another crew. piece. That um, great Brubeck. Yeah, the Dave Brubeck cue. Yeah, and that's man. the cue when that's, he's Jimmy's in making the, all the phone calls. He's, he's in the, the hallway phone. after the The phone call scene. montage. Yeah. That was not really a montage. Right. But it ended up being a montage. Yeah, you kept that great, too. Also, the scene before that with the judge, I love, we talk about that with uh, with Patrick and Bob and, yeah. the, and the judge. Where the two of them the are dressed routine. alike. Yeah. The mirror routine played by the, the judge was excellent. Don Don Lewis uh, right. played it, did a great job playing the judge. And then I saw her, I'm pretty sure I saw her on Adult Swim on a uh, Tim and Eric sketch. Oh, really? With, uh, with um, the actor who was uh, the star of uh, uh, Rushmore. Um, Jason Schwartzman? Jason Schwartzman. Mm. uh, She played Jason Schwartzman's agent. I'm pretty sure it was her. But you know, she was also on a different world. She was like Lisa Bonet's roommate on when a different world. And And you know the story on that. She's a friend of Patrick Fabian's. But she, she... wrote the theme song right? yeah she did yeah, yeah. she really performed yeah for a, for a different world yeah, yeah, yeah she did so what other good stuff jen carroll do we have to look forward to as far as there's a comic book there's an online comic book yes, what what's a give uh, some timeline on that is it on, out already it is out already uh, you can read it on amc.com yay and you can also do the story sync if you're the type to do story second screen I yeah I work with Clayton and Mac over at AMC to work on that and throw in as many Easter what eggs story as possible. Think? What is that? Uh, if you are, are a purist viewer, you yeah. may not uh, view it because you'll be focused 100% on the show itself airing. Okay. But if you're the type to have a second, you know, an iPad or a phone out while you're uh, while you're watching the episode, or perhaps on the second viewing, uh-huh. it's it's a it's a program <laughs> that shows you you know quotes and trivia and zooms in on props that are featured in the episode, and it's synced up to the episode as it's airing. And, and it's, it's, it's like oh, that's awesome. it's yes. interactive, so there are quizzes and and trivia it's and like interactive yes. commentary. I would do that basically. on like third viewing. I don't think I could handle it first viewing. I would do it like second or third viewing. That yeah, that's yes. a good. I like yeah. that philosophy. Yeah, I yes. say watch. I say watch it very closely though in the first view. But yeah, yes. you know what? We're happy to have you guys uh, who are listening watch it any way you want. Watch it standing on your head if you want to. But is watch the, it as well. Let me diaper. Is the graphic yeah, well, no, novel that you guys thing. are doing that's is that thing. about Saul Goodman or is it about Jimmy McGill? It's set during the timeline of Breaking Bad, or like right before he oh, meets. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's a special couple extra pages of Super Saul, like Saul as he sees himself, like oh, an I old check 60s it Spider-Man it's, comic. It's, Seriously? It's, <laughs> really it's, it's really yeah. It's really it's cool. Really I gotta cool. check it out. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. illustrations are awesome also, yes. in addition to the, the great Who writing. did the drawing? Because you, you wrote it, and then who did the art? Gordon and I wrote it, Gordon, and then... Uh, Gordon Smith and you? Yeah. Yes. Wonderful Gordon Smith. And the artist is Steve Ellis, who also worked on the Breaking Bad recap um, comic before season 5B. With oh, that was Gordon really cool. Well. Oh, okay. 
Yes. Oh, nice. I'm and excited. our writer's assistant, Heather Marion, and uh, and our team at AMC is working on all of these letters from Saul that are coming out every week as well for that are tied to the newsletter. So lots of awesome extra content. Right. Cool. And most of it you can just start by finding on AMC. Before we wrap up, I just want to give a shout out. I know you're going to want to echo this, Vincent Peter. Tonight is the 2015 Writers Guild Awards. And one of our alumni who, she doesn't work with us anymore, but she works on the wonderful show Rectify, Kate Powers, is up for a Writers Guild Award along with her showrunner, Ray McKinnon. Absolutely. Great, great point. So and the show uh, is called uh, Donald the Normal. It was episode four that, uh, of, of the second season of Rectify. Excellent. And, uh, and well, we I wanted so to give a shout out. We're, we're really so proud, proud of you, Kate. I hope yeah. that you hear this. And, and we have yeah. our fingers, fingers crossed, crossed for, for you tonight. That's and right. And this is a huge thing because uh, Kate uh, Kate was one of our, our writer's assistants on yes. Breaking Bad. And again, the the place where dreams come true and the Absolutely. matriculation of, of our people. Well, her dreams came true on another show. But that's right. <laughs> but, but she is a, right. was a wonderful... Uh, wonderful You're just uh, the incubator. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, she, say, I a, say all roads lead to here. And my feeling is, you know what? You gave her a fantastic start that she could go and, and to another show and... And and wow. do what you need to do. That's Kate's Kate's great. wonderful and talented, and we couldn't be more proud of her. And uh, and uh, absolutely, uh, best of luck uh, to her and her husband Michael. And yeah. you, and Kate, you've already no matter what happens tonight, uh, you've already won. Yeah, so. nobody is taking that nomination away from you, Kate. So congratulations, and uh, we are wishing you a lot of good luck tonight. Absolutely. So uh, that concludes our episode, Hero, directed by Colin Buxy, yeah. written by Jenny Hutchison. Join us next week for... I don't know what you guys decide to name the episode next week. Alpine Shepherd Boy. Really? That's right. Yes. <laughs> and we'll tell... We'll explain next week. Maybe we'll explain I why it's called Alpine Shepherd Boy. I want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, listening to us ramble. Uh, we really appreciate it. My Twitter followers, thank you so much. Everybody is very, very excited that uh, the podcast is back. And, um, you know, that's really cool. I appreciate everybody listening. And I'm going to leave it to Bob to, uh, to uh, kind of send us out. Better call Saul. Yeah! Yay!